Uh, our Father God, we do thank you, Lord. Um, we do love you, and as we come together as a family, and we know that we have those that are sick and traveling, but God, we ask that uh, you, you be with those um, that are sick, and you put your hand upon them to, to heal their bodies. Uh, God, those who are traveling, that you put your hand upon them to keep them safe, to, to, to get to where they're going and come back to us uh, uh, when they return. So, um, God, I ask as we're here today that you put your hands upon us and just uh, let us be able to shed what, is, uh, what, what burdens we have that we brought inside today. Not saying they're not important, but God, just let us shed those so we can hear your word. And then let it, it be up to you if we pick those burdens back up. God, we ask that as you have promised us that, that, your, uh, that, that your yoke is light. God, that you give us rest for, your soul, for our souls. God, I ask today as we just talk about this story, about announcing your birth, Lord Jesus, that I, 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 I pray and I ask that we could just, we could just hear this. Maybe it's not, not, nothing new, but we can hear it anew. We can hear this where, where you're, you're speaking to us, and maybe we pick up something we, we've never seen before. But God, as we pick it up, as it has handles, but we take it out of these doors, and it changes our lives. So God, as we spill over, as you fill us, and as we spill over, and we splash your love and your mercy and your kindness, God, I ask that you get all the glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So we are, uh, we are in the middle of a series called Caught in the Middle. Now, what the, the Caught in the Middle is, is we're talking about um, Advent. We're talking about the reality that Jesus came as a, a baby, that He came in the cradle and He made it to the cross, and He died on the cross. But not only did He just die and did He uh, uh, was buried, but He rose again and He's seated at the right hand of the Father. But it says that He's going to come back. So as we are in the Advent season, we're, we're understanding that we're caught in between the first Advent and the second Advent. And as we're caught in between this, and, and as, as we said, I think last week, that we're placed here for a reason, we have a purpose. God has this, 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 um, this plan to use us. Use us for what? For the salvation of the world. So now, that, that doesn't mean that everybody in here, okay, i got to get my plane ticket, my passport, I'm going uh, overseas, and, and I'm going to be a missionary. M maybe the, the salvation of the world in which it is being talked about here is in your house. It starts, it starts in your home, and then it, it flows out. Too many people try to go outside of, of, of the immediate and thinking, I've got to do extravagant things, when what we have to do really is we have to focus on here, we have to focus on the center. We have to focus on those who are around us. Think of concentric circles. Think of your, you and your, your relationship with God, and then as you have a, another circle outside of that, that's your family there. Not only are you to be in a relationship with God, you need to help your family be in relationship with God. And then it goes out to maybe your friends and, and your, your church or your work or whatever. There's concentric circles there. So this salvation that goes out in the... the, the, the um, the, the command, because it is, the command to reach the world, it starts small. And we're going to see here, it starts simple. We're going to see this big explosion, and then we're going to come to this point where there's a simple conversation that has tremendous impact. So uh, the shepherd's candle is the candle in which we're going to light today. Now, as we uh, light the shepherd's candle, we know that we uh, started off with a prophecy candle. That was uh, a couple weeks ago, last week. What did we have last week? 
Bethlehem, very good. The Bethlehem candle. And this week, we have the shepherd's candle. You know how I remember all the candles in order? Peanut butter sandwich. P-B-S-A. It's, I just, I'm just sharing that with you. What candle? So what candle's next week? A, a angel's candle, right? So the shepherd's candle, and everybody's thinking peanut butter jelly. It's not peanut butter jelly time. Let that hit for a second. Shepherd's candle. The shepherd's candle, it remembers the first in a long line of people who joyfully shared the good news of the Savior's birth. Now, it's those who joyfully shared the good news. We're going to see it in the story today that, that um, this is, uh, this is the, the model in which we're to have. The model in which we're, we're to, like, how am I supposed to share about Jesus? We're supposed to share about Him joyfully. Now, not obnoxiously. Anybody ran into that person? Mm-hmm. Anybody in here that person? No. Um, but un- understand, joyful, joyfully. Now, as we open up our time together in here, I have a statement that I was working on even last night that my wife said, no, you can't really say that, but she got it after I explained it to her. What I want us to understand, and this is something that these shepherds understood, is that there is a God. All right? I don't think that anybody in here is going to push back. Maybe you will. I don't, that's up to you. And say, no, there's not. Well, I think that everybody in here, and most people in which you run into, most, not all, not all, most people in which you run into would agree, yep, there is a God. But here's the, 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 the end of the, the, this, this statement that I think is the most important. There is a God, but it ain't you. Too many times we try to be God. Too many times we want, we want full control and we're trying to control every situation. What we have to understand is there is a God, but it ain't you. Now, does that mean that we just throw our hands up in the air and we just don't care? No. We're not party people, right? We're not throwing our hands up in the air and say, oh, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. Love Carrie Underwood, but hate that song. <laughs> because if, if, if Jesus doesn't already have the wheel, you're already in trouble, <laughs> Right? So understand that, that uh, there, there is a God and it ain't you, but why is that? Because you just can't measure up. I can't measure up. We cannot measure up to the, the, the importance and to the responsibility that God has. Now, what, what does that have to do with shepherds? Well, this story, I believe here, it, it communicates that there is a God and it ain't us, and, and the shepherds would, would, would joyfully say that as well. But what the story that we're going to talk about in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20... The big idea that I want us to to take from this story. Now, this is not the only lesson that we can learn, but I think it's a very good lesson that we can learn from this story. If you have your your, your notes there, the the, the handout, um, it, it, it says the big idea. The big idea is this, that God uses whoever He wants, wherever He wants, whenever He wants, and however He wants to do whatever He wants. That statement... If you were to go 15 minutes down the, the, the road to a, a local university to the west and say that statement, you would get stoned. Or you would say something like, yeah, that those are just those bigoted Christians. Or they have this, this idea that, that, okay, these are these puppets that God has, that their God has. Understand that we're not a puppet. Understand that we're not just mindless beings that are just wandering around and have no purpose. Well, we have to understand, though, that we serve a God who's in control. 
We serve a God who is sovereignly in control, meaning he has control over everything. So when we look at this statement and, and, and really dive into the God uses whoever he wants, God is not restricted on who he uses. God is not restricted on where he uses them or when he uses them or how he uses them. But I believe that God will, will restrict himself. And, and hear me, and this is because God limits himself. Not because I have, but God will limit himself to, to the what. For whatever he wants, the what there is the important thing. What does God want? What is it that God wants? And, and that's, that's one of those questions that you should ask. All right, what, what, what really is it? You look at your life and you say, what is it that God wants? I believe He wants two things. He wants people to know Him, and He wants to be glorified. That's the, that's the message I get out of the, uh, when I'm reading through Scripture, because it says that God desires all to come to the knowledge of Him. He desires all to be saved, but it also throughout Scripture, even look at, at creation, throughout creation, Creation tells us, Scripture tells us that we serve this, this God who is magnified, who is glorious, who can receive our worship, who can receive our praise. So what does God want? God wants people to know Him and to glorify Him. So when, he, when, we, when we say this statement that God uses whoever and wherever and whenever and however to do whatever, it's not that God's going to, for, hey, let, let's see if we can make Jake do this start dancing or something like Pinocchio. Yeah, I know you will. God's not going to just make you do something stupid for no reason at all. And then some of you are sitting here like, well, well, yeah, you don't know my life. We're going to see here in a second, it's not God that does everything in your life. Some of those things that, you, that, that are done in your life is because you've done them. You've made that mistake. But anywho, we'll get to that in a second. Let's get to Luke chapter 2, because I believe here this is where this, is where this was birthed from, because we can see the who, the, the who and the where and the when and the how for the what in this text. Luke chapter 2. Now, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll read through the, 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 this, the, the, the narrative here, um, talk about a couple things, and then we'll come back and we'll make four observations of this text. I'm not going to read this in my Linus voice, though. All right? <laughs> Who's watched that already this year? Lights. Yeah? <laughs> Lights, please. Where's my blanket? Some of you are like, well, no, whatever. You need, you need to be more cultured. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And in the same region, well, same region, where's that? Well, outside of Bethlehem. Because we just learned that Mary and Joseph, that's where they went to for the census. And, and there was no room for them at the, the inn. And um, so she gave birth and put baby Jesus, what, eight pounds, six ounces, little baby Jesus, golden fleece diapers. What's that? I, 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 I know, I wasn't going to say it, but it, it, it just happens. So they're in Bethlehem. <clears throat> now this place, and it says in, in the same region. There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, just, just pause for a second, because I think this is one thing that the people really, they kind of, they want to get to the, the exciting part. But what we have to look here is, is they, were, they were in this region, they were out in the field, 
So in my mind, I'm like, hey, why are they out in the field? Why aren't they in some kind of enclosure or whatever? We don't, we don't know. It just says that that's where they were at. They were in a place that was, that was uh, uh, away from everybody else. I, I look at this like they were, God had them right where they wanted, because, wherever he wanted, because he had something special to tell them. I know that I might be over-spiritualizing this, and you guys can throw rocks later or whatever, but maybe this is, this is a good indication that, that they, were, they were in their sanctuary. Like, you're gathered here together to hear from God. They were gathered. Did they know that they were going to hear from God? No, they were just doing their job. They were, it says that they were in, in uh, the same region. There were shepherds out in the field. It says they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And then, boom, right? All of a sudden... An angel of the Lord appeared to them. So just think about this. What does it mean to be keeping watch over their flock by night? This, and I know, I, I know that we have this picture that they're all kind of sitting around the fire and they're, oh, this is warm and cozy. And oh, my little sheep. No, 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 no. They were keeping watch. They were, they were up doing what I'm doing now. They were pacing around. They were looking. They were making sure that nothing, no wolves or, or lions and tigers and bears Oh my, we're coming in to snatch away their, their sheep. They were actively doing something. They weren't just kind of kicked back and going, ah, this is cool. No, they were doing something. They were doing what they were told to do. What they, what, 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 what they, were, what they were made to do. So, they were in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord, or and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were filled with great fear. So, so they're not kicking it and all of a sudden, dude, pops up. No, they're doing. They're, they're watching. They're keeping watch. Okay, is that, is that no? Uh, that's, that, that, that's, not a, that's not a wolf. That's a, that's a bush. It's kind of like when you go hunting. I know we have a bunch of hunters in here. Some do, some don't. When it gets dark, <laughs> at, at that, when the, the, the sun's going down, or when the sun's coming up in the morning, everything's a deer. <laughs> Everything. You're like, you're looking, oh. I just can't wait till it gets a little bit brighter. And it gets a little bit brighter, and what is it? It's a bush. <laughs> or you hear, ch, 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 and it's getting a little bit brighter. You're like, oh, here he comes. The big one's coming. And you look, it's a cat. You can shoot cats. No, 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 I'm not I'm just playing. No, they are, there's no season for that. There is a season for squirrels, though. And those little suckers, sometimes you wish they had antlers on them. But anyhow. So, so, but they were looking, they were watching, it, it, it was dark, they didn't understand, or they didn't see, it couldn't see everything, but they were, they were, on, they were being, uh, or keeping alert of what was going on. And think about that, I believe that this even goes, go, it, it magnifies the story, because it, they're already on high alert, waiting for something, and they're, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm doing my job, and all of a sudden, the, the boom! Basically, the sky splits open, and it was in the middle of the night, and now it's the middle of the day. Like, kind of unexpected, right? Anybody been in a situation like you've been in the woods in the middle of the night, and boom! If so, that's probably you were, you were abducted by the aliens. Um, don't want to hear about all this stuff they did or whatever. But no, they're, they're out there, and all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appeared, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and it says, it wasn't just a poof. Here he is. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? It says the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were filled with fear. <laughs> I've said this, I know, in the years past, but there should be a little parenthetical statement right there. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> right, they were filled with fear. But what does the angel say to them? 
In verse 10, and the angel said to them, Fear not! Too late! <laughs> My shoes are full. Um, fear not! For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. This is, this is funny to me. Angels saying here, some, the, the, the most magnificent uh, a proclamation that, that, that can be proclaimed that the Savior is here. And then, as if it's not enough, he said, that, or he, he, I don't know if, if, if angels have gender, they don't, but it says here that the angel said, here's a sign for you. This is funny to me because as if they need, like the, the, the sky opening up and the angel appearing, as if that wasn't enough sign. What that does tell us is these shepherds like us sheep, are hard-headed. <coughs> mm -hmm. So not only do I need to, does God need to appear and, 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 and make his messenger appear, I'm going to tell you, okay, here's a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, <laughs> this is why the, the sign is even more funny, I believe, and suddenly there, were, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. How many? I don't know, a lot. If it was more than one, it was impressive, right? And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Gloria. Right? That's, that, that's what this means here. Glory to God in the highest. That's where that song that we just sang it comes from. They were, they were saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. The, the angels appeared to the shepherds who were already fear-stricken, who, who have already received this, this word that the Savior has been born, and said, here's a sign for you, as if you need another sign. Here's a sign for you. You're going to go and you're going to find a baby. You're going to, he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Bruce, would you want to put your baby in a manger? Yeah? Nah? I mean, we got one up here. We can try it out. I mean... It doesn't seem like the, the, the most fitting, but, but this is a sign in which they were, they were given, or going, they, they would see. And we, have, we understand here that in this scene, in this scene where, the, where, where the, the angels were watching, and then, or I'm sorry, the shepherds were watching, and the angels appeared, and they, were, they gave this proclamation. They gave praise to God. It goes on. Verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, and, and I, I, again, I think there should be something inserted in here, and they changed their clothes because they were soiled. Um, and, when the sh and when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. You better answer that because the Lord's making known something right now. Everybody else is going there. there. Let, me, let me turn it off. Turn your ringer off. Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. That means they went really fast. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. 
But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. As we look at that, she's pondering all these things in, in, in her heart. But not, 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 not only is Mary pondering all these things in her heart. Well, why is Mary, Mary pondering these things that everybody else is marveling? Because an angel has already appeared to Mary a few months before and told her, you're going to have a baby. This is what's going to happen. But the rest of the people who are standing around there, and this is an interesting thing because uh, the, the, the idea of when Mary and Joseph went to um, Bethlehem is it was just Mary and Joseph by themselves and they got on their donkey and they're riding to Bethlehem all, all by themselves. No, there was probably an entourage. There was probably family members and, and everything that went with, uh, with, with them. So this wasn't just Mary and Joseph. This wasn't just their, their, their family was gathered around, and this family that was gathered around to see the, the birth of this baby, these shepherds come in. Mind you, these shepherds probably stink. They're, they're, they're already, they're not, they're not the ones that are, are, are the, uh, most, uh, in the most prestigious class. They come in and say, you'll never believe what happened. And before they even say a word, I'm sure there's people sitting there going, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to believe what happened. And if, if you, whatever you tell me, I'm not going to believe. But here's the deal. This is also another lesson for us because too often we, we prejudge people, right? The, 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 the shepherds that come in and they're, they're stinky and they're smelly or whatever. We prejudge somebody and, and we don't even hear the message. Here I think it, it's good for us to, to see that, that the people that were all around, if they, if they didn't listen to the message in which I was given, they would have never been able to experience this this, this, this marvel that takes place. It says that they, they, they say all this, Mary treasured up all these things in their heart, and when this was over, it says, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I, I like thinking of, of, this, uh, of this narrative in like three scenes. Think, think of it like in your mind, break it up into three scenes. The first scene is the scene that's out in the, the field where the, the shepherds, they're, they're, they're keeping watch over their flock. The angel appears, right? The second scene is um, they're, they're in the, uh, uh, the, this time where they come and, and tell of what took place. So the, 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 I call it the, like the barnyard scene. And then there's another scene that they're, they're going on their way back to where they came from. I like to, to, to look at all that in this way because I think it helps paint this picture. And we can, we can look at four main things. And if you have your notes, we'll go over the, these four things real quick. Call them observations, call them points, call them whatever you really want to. But what I see here is in the title of this whole thing is sharing God's gospel to glorify Him. What I see here is that we can, we can, uh, we can learn from, from this, this narrative. In the first scene, there's a couple things we can see. The first one is sometimes God uses unexpected means to expose His expected promise. God uses unexpected means to expose His expected promise. Well, what do you mean? Well, what means did God use here? Well, God used an angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the unexpected part. Wait a minute. The sky split open. Yeah, I get that. God can do that. That was... It, it, that was, as we'll see in a minute, that was just huge. It's, it, it's inconceivable. But what, what the, the, the uh, uh, unexpected means that he used were shepherds. He, he used shepherds. He didn't use princes and kings or governors or, or anything else. He used the, the, the lowly shepherds. 
So that, that unexpected means was to, he used that to expose an expected promise. What was the expected promise? It was the promise of the Messiah coming. As we, we, we think about that for a second, oh, that's awesome. Like, unexpected means an expected promise. I ask this question. Who has God used in your life to expose His promise? Think about that for a minute. Like, here we can think about the shepherds, but we can also think about the angels. But just think about in your life, who has God used to expose His promise? His promise of who Jesus is. Like, like, so there, everybody in here, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, somebody was instrumental in that somewhere. It might be somebody's, multiple people, but just think about that. Who has God used in your life? Because what happens is we forget the past. Now, when I say we forget the past, we forget the things that are important in the past. We remember all the bad, stupid crap that happens in the past. What we need to remember is these things, answer these questions. Like, who was instrumental to you coming to Christ? Who was instrumental that God used to expose, expose His promise to you? Another question I think is important here. What other promises does God want to expose to us? I love the promise that I prayed even when we started off here, that He promises us rest for our soul. He promises that in which the, the, the angel said. What did the angel say here was the first words? Fear not. God says we don't have to fear. I, I know that that's, that's crippling some of us. That cripple, that's crippling our nation. We are the most medicated nation because of fear. Now, I'm not saying medication is bad. I'm not saying everybody throw their pills out. No, 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 no. not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we need to understand that fear... What, what does Zach Williams say? Fear is a liar. I, I, absolutely. Because God promises us that we, we, don't have to, we don't have to live that way. So, so think about that. As we're thinking about this unexpected means and these expect, this expected promise... Take time, if you haven't already, take time to identify who that was or who, who they were, whatever that is, that, that, that helped you on that path to come into Christ. Who did God use along that path? Take time to identify them. And, and how about this? Just, just because this is the season, now it should be all the time, say thank you. Just, just, how, how about that? Because sometimes people don't even know how instrumental they are to you coming to Christ. And sometimes what happens is, is, is people get so beat down, God isn't using me for anything. I'm still the shepherd just out in the field keeping watch over these stinky sheep. And sometimes what you need is somebody, hey, I just wanted to let you know, hey, Bobby, you know, you, you really, you were instrumental on the, in my, me coming to Christ, or, or, or clean, you know, you, 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 you helped me in, uh, to overcome this hurdle here, what, what, whatever it may be. Maybe that, that simple word that you say to that, that individual is going to be the encouragement in which they need because they're, 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 they're having a struggle. They're having that, that time, like they don't, they don't, they're, 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 they're living in this little bit of fear. They don't want to be there, but they need help out. Maybe they need that encouragement to say, hey, you, you helped me, you didn't even know it. 
Let's move on because we'll be here until next week. And then we'll have to light another candle, Marty. Uh, <laughs> Angel's candle, there it is, we know it. P-B-S-A. Um, verse, in verse 10 through 14, I think it's another thing we can observe. Sometimes God uses inconceivable methods to reveal His distinct purpose. What is the method? It's obviously this inconceivable method is the, is the angels, poof! They were there. I mean, it was, it was a, 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 a beautiful cacophony. It was this beautiful noise. They were praising God and they were singing. Did they have instruments? I don't know. I bet you they had an electric guitar and they didn't have to plug it in. I, I, I don't know. But it says that they were praising God. But, and God would use the stuff that we can't conceive with our own mind. You go out tonight, out of your house, and go out there and just stand in the middle of your yard. And just, just think about this passage. Just go out there and just stand. While you're out there, look at the stars, and how about you thank God for all of them? It's probably going to be raining on you later too. But anyhow... Take an umbrella. No, but just, just go out there and just, just think about it. What would you do if all of a sudden Trans-Siberian Orchestra type exploded in the sky right there in front of you? Inconceivable method. But it was for a distinct purpose. What was that distinct purpose? To proclaim the good news. Man, God goes out of His way and he does extreme things to communicate his truth. I, I, too often what we do is we kind of like just downplay this and we go through the Luke 2 and we, we do the Linus approach and it's all monotone and everything. <laughs> this is huge. This is, I wish Dan was feeling good today because this is flags and banners type stuff, right? Woohoo, right. But God uses inconceivable methods to reveal His distinct purpose. Question for you all. What crazy method has God used to reveal His purpose to you? What crazy method has He used? That's another thing. Just just think about that. Today, that would be a a good homework question for you. What, what, What crazy in your life? Now, if you say your wife or your husband, it doesn't count. Because that goes into the person category, right? No, but just, just think about what crazy, what crazy method has God used to reveal His purpose to you? And then a follow-up to that would, would be this. You're thinking about that crazy, what He's used. Do you realize that God has a purpose for everything that He does? God has a purpose for everything that He does. This is important because... If he has a purpose for everything he does, that, mean he, that means he has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for me. He has a purpose in everything that he does because he created you. He created me. So if we think, well, I don't have a purpose in life, you do have a purpose in life. How much time are you spending with the Lord to let him tell you what your purpose is? I had that conversation so many times with people and I help, help guide that path. Question is like okay when you when you hear this purpose, like the, the, the shepherds heard, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> That's good, I know now. Go back to your no. What are you gonna do about it? Look at, at verse 15 through 19. We, it says that when they the angels went away, the, the shepherds are like, Oh my goodness, we gotta go, right? 
They heard what, what, what they had to say, and they, and they immediately went. That brings in us to the, this next point, uh, the, or observation, is when we know that the purpose that God has for our lives, we have to respond and we have to act upon it. Now, is that going to be a spectacular show, like how He revealed it? No, it might be that He reveals it in, in a crazy way, and it's just a simple situation that takes place. This point is this. Sometimes God uses simple situations to communicate His extraordinary plan. What is the simple situation here? It's a barnyard scene. There's no angels that are there and going on. None of that is happening in the stable. The shepherds are coming and they have this simple conversation, this simple situation. But in that simple interaction... They communicate the extraordinary plan of God. They communicate that what God did and what He said through the angels. The plan was making known the truth of His gospel. Making known the truth of His good news. That's God's plan. That is God's plan. He wants everyone to know that. And why? And I don't know the answer to this. This is one of those questions I don't have the answer to. But, why does he, does he give this gift to us to share with everybody else? Because He chooses to. Because we know He can split the sky open and say, hey, I am God, you are not. But He chooses to use you, He chooses to use me to share this good, good news. He chooses to use these shepherds to go and share this good news. Has God used a situation in your life to communicate His plan? Has God used a situation in your life to communicate His plan? So, so think about the shepherds in that situation. And, and, and think about your life. Well, no, God's never opened up the sky and told me. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Everybody in here has been in a situation. Let's put air quotes, right? In a situation in your life. How in that situation is God communicating His plan? Too many times we get in situations in our lives and circumstances and say, well, where God's at? God has left me. No, God hasn't went anywhere. The problem is you're running away from Him. It's you, not Him. You're not doing what the shepherds did and going toward Him. After the barnyard scene, we have this, I don't want to say it's most important because all of these are important, but we have a really important thing that happens. And this observation I think here, I see here is, is huge. Because it says that, that the um, shepherds and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. The observation here is this. Whatever it is that God does, Whatever it is, I'm going to stress that, whatever it is that God does, it is for our good and His glory. Whatever it is that God does, it is for our good and His glory. What we need to really focus in here is God does. Not you decide and you mess up. Well, I'm in a situation now that I don't think God's in it. It's probably because you got yourself into that. 
Most of the things that, that happen in our lives are, are a result of our, our bad decisions because we're not following God. But what we have to understand is sometimes God does allow us to get into a situation. Sometimes, God, sometimes I, I, I'll be the preacher that says it, a lot, a lot of people won't. I believe sometimes God causes some of those situations to get our attention. My God, your God, is a God of extremes. He will go to whatever extreme that is necessary to get your attention. Too, 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 too often what people do is when these, they're in that extreme, they, they, don't even want, they want to curse God instead of opening their, 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 their lives to Him and opening their heart to Him. Whatever, God, whatever it is that God does is, is for our good and is for His glory. Question for you. Looking at your life. Your life, no one else's life. Looking at your life. What can you identify as something that God clearly did for your good and His glory? Looking at your life. Again, not anybody else, Something that you can clearly see that, it's, that God did this. And it was for your good and it was for His glory. Keeping in mind this, it might not have been pleasant. Too often what we do, and Matt and I were having this conversation before, before church started today and, and worship practice and everything, that too often what we do is when things are going good and we get the, the, the check in the mail or something, we glory to God in the highest. When things are good, that's what we do. But what about when things aren't good? What about when things are, are bad? Is our, our prayer any, any less glorifying to God? It shouldn't be, you're right. What we have to understand is that if God does something, it's for our good and His glory. And it might not be pleasant in the moment. Because discipline is not always pleasant. I have heard, and I don't know if this is true, my dad told me when I was a kid, when he was spanking my butt, this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> Who else heard that? Who else uses that? <laughs> right? If it hurts you more, come here, I want to see your tears, Dad. <laughs> no, but understand, sometimes we're, when we are being disciplined, God does discipline us. If you're here and you're saying, well, God doesn't discipline me and I know I'm sinful. Well, here, here's the deal. If God dis does not discipline you for what it is that you are, are, are uh, um, just outright being sinful in, if He doesn't discipline you, you have to ask the question that is in regards to this statement. When the, when the Bible says that God disciplines those whom He loves... And those who he does, he does not discipline are what? Does any, can anybody tell me? Ill, they're bastard children. Right, thank you. I wasn't going to use that word, but because uh, I thought we were in church and everything. But, no, just playing, just playing. Uh, but, but they're illegitimate, they're bastard children. They're illegitimate children. Now, I'm not wanting everybody to question your salvation in here. What I want you to do is like, Look at the, the, the situation that maybe you're in because God's disciplining you. Why does He discipline those whom He loves so that He can be in deeper relationship with you? Man, you're not going to let your kid continue to, to, to act a certain way or to be in destructive hate behavior. You, if you let your own child do, do that and you don't discipline them in that, and, and, and you, get, you let the society around them, oh, they could just be their own person. No, you're not being loving. I would say, that would be me who would say, that would be child abuse. That, that's me. You, you can write me letters later, whatever. I don't care. 
But I think that we have to understand that the reason God disciplines us is because He loves us. He knows what is right. Do we always respond to to that and react the correct way? No, we don't, because we're rebellious children. But we have to keep in mind what God does. It's for our good. It is for His glory. I I, I love this. I love this picture that we see with the, the, the shepherds. Because we have this example here of the result. The result of something that that God does for our good and His glory. The result of this, the result of doing something, or, or, or God doing something for our good and His glory, we see that in the life of the shepherds. Because they went from fear to faithfulness. They went from worry to worship. Because it says like here that, that when the angel appeared, it said they had great fear. And then what we see just a few verses later, after they had that encounter and, and after they went and, and told, went to the barnyard, it says that they returned glorifying and praising God. Was there fear there? There was no more fear. Why? Because what God does is for our good and His glory. They accepted what it is that, they, that, that God told them to do. Their purpose. And they did that. And they experienced that freedom from fear. They were no longer trembling. It wouldn't be a big deal to them if the angels appeared to them again. They'd be like, hey, what's up guys? Yep, anything else you want me to go do? Alright, I'm going to do it. No, it wouldn't be a big deal to them. Because you know what? They had no longer had that fear. That fear no longer crippled them. Worry was not their crutch. They went from worry to, to, to worship. Last question. Because I think that, that, that there's... If not, if not everyone in here. If not everyone, there's, there's a large majority of people like, yeah, there, you know, there's things in my life that I'm fearful over. That are controlling. I don't do this because I don't, I'm afraid of this. I don't do this because I, uh, I should do this, but I can't, uh, whatever it may be. That you're like, I want to be more like the shepherd. I want, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to overcome that fear and I want to be faithful. I want to overcome that worry and I want to be worshipful. I think you have to answer this question Are you open for God to use you in whatever way He seems fit? To make himself known and to be glorified. This is one of those are you ready questions. Alright? I think a lot of times we can come together and we can go, Oh yes! Jesus! 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 Right? We can get the, the, the cheerleading going and then we're presented with something that God does and we're like, Hey, you want me to do what? Right? Are, 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 you, are you open? Now, it's not ju- ju- just, oh, I want God to do something. I want this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everybody wants God to do amazing things as long as, it, as if God does amazing, amazing things between the hours of 2 and 6 on a Tuesday, right? Well, God, you, you could do some amazing things in my life. And here, here's my checkbook. Do some amazing things. Well, God, here's my calendar. God, here, here's my car. What, whatever. We try to make God, okay, do, God, do amazing things in these areas. No, 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 no. That's not how God works. God is not Will Smith. Anybody? The genie, right? The new, the new Aladdin. Anybody seen the new Aladdin? Oh, 
He's not Robin Williams then. Thank you in the back. So good. God is not a genie in the bottle. We don't get a rub him and the poof and the what do you want? No, 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 no. God works for our good and his glory in whatever area he, seems necessary, he deems necessary. Are you open for that? Are you open for that? Because if you're open for that, praise God, he's going to do some awesome things. If not, what, what's, what's holding you back? And if I were to crawl inside of some of y'all's heads, it would be fear. What's holding you back from God doing amazing things in your lives? Let's, let, let's think about when we, when we read through this Christmas story again and we're awaiting the second coming of God, or of Christ, and we're awaiting this. We're, we're caught in the middle here. We're the shepherds and we're like, we, okay, we've heard this. I'm not an angel. We all know that. Maybe a crooked crown here, or a, a halo. I'm not the angel, but what, I, what I'm doing, I'm proclaiming God's message to you from His Word, right? Let's be the shepherds and, okay, I, I hear it now. What am I going to, am I going to stay? Oh, I gotta, yeah, but I got to keep, I, I got to watch the sheep some more. I got to keep, eye. no, 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 no. How about we, 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 we be obedient to what God has said? And let's go. Let's go. Let's go do whatever it is that God has told us to do. Most of us, it's like, okay, let's go home and let's start there. Let's start on my marriage. Let's start with my kids. Let's start with my extended family. Let me start with work, whatever it may be. But let's, as the, the, the shepherds here, let's go from being fearful to faithful, all because of what God is doing in our lives. All right, let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you, uh, Lord, as we, um, you know, we, we went over a whole lot today. God, it's my prayer that, that we, we take the, the truth of your message, knowing that, that it's in the, these four points in which, which uh, you know, I, I, I observed as I, was, as I was preparing, but understanding that, that, that this is you speaking through your word. You, you gave us your word to communicate and to, to, to reveal yourself to us. So God, as we read through common scriptures like Luke 2, like the narrative here of the birth of Jesus and the shepherds, and as we read through this, let us not just, oh, got it. Yeah, I got it. There's some crazy guys out there in the field. No, no, no. God, let us listen to what it is that you're communicating to us through your word. God, let, us, let our lives be different. If we just come together and we don't leave change, then there's no sense of coming together. God, let us be different. I know that not everybody's going to be Billy Graham, and, and I, but God, just a little bit at a time. Let us splash your holiness around. Father, as we uh, just continue to, to, uh, to seek you, I, I pray that you reveal yourself more and more to us. And God, that we can bring you glory. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.